And we are live. Yeah. The cast. Wow. Woo. What's back up, to back weeks on the cast. Check us out. Getting pretty crazy. Woo. Remote casting. Yep. The second edition of the remote quarantine cast. Yep. The quarantine cast. The How you guys cast. been? How you guys doing? Hanging in. Hanging in. Got a haircut. Tara cut my hair. Uh-oh. I Tara cut my hair. I mean, no, dude, it's, I'm, I, oh, I got, I got, I got a hat on for a reason, but. Young Patrick Riley. And the, uh, yeah, I got the, uh, I got the Riley going, but, uh, and the beard, dude, I was, that was uh, about nine weeks, yep. which I think in my adult life might be my longest streak. Like it wow. was, it was no joke. It was, it was, it was as if, and Pooh Bear too hadn't had a haircut in like six months. So it almost looked like we had just emerged from the woods out behind my house, like after having Accurate. Been, yeah, after having just been out in the wilderness, like with axes, like living You're by campfire for for months. That's what it looked like. Like, like came as, the bear. Yes, as if we arrived back at, at my house to just hear about the quarantine and what had happened because we just were, a touch base before <laughs> going back right, to the jungle. And, right, and we and like it was like as if we had just been out in the wilderness so long that we came back to only get the news that this quarantine had happened. Like we were out in the wilderness. Dude, so there long. was a couple that was like sailing on a boat. Right. And like they didn't find out about any of this until like seven weeks in, like some port. They're right. like, man, can't believe you're traveling through all this. They're like, what are you talking about? Yeah, like they didn't even know. I think there were astronauts in in uh, outer space who had left prior to the ship jumping off, and then came back into like a basically a new world. You know, landed in a new world. Crazy. I believe. Yeah, that. that's pretty nuts, man. It's fucking insane. Did you hear about the Olympia? I mean, it's, it's largely speculative. It like partially makes me think that it's a little bit like uh, um, rose colored glasses and like uh, hoping for the best type stuff. But essentially um, I think, I believe it's December 16th through the 20th. They've changed the venue uh, now, not the, now, there's no mention of the expo yet. Okay. But they changed the venue. It's been at the Orleans many years in a row. Now it's at Planet Hollywood, I mm. guess. Closer to uh, the strip. I guess. Um, and apparently they have like a really nice um, like theater mini arena there or whatever. So like apparently the – because what I, what I, here's the thing about the Orleans. Like I don't know if you guys have been there, but it's – the the um the hotel itself is pretty like if you could think of like m- middle of the road Atlantic City, but then the arena itself is like nice, like it looks like a mini NBA arena. So like it's right. like they put they pumped all the money into the arena, but the hotel itself is like you know it's like a, a, a average run of the mill like uh like I said like Atlantic City style casino. So nothing fancy, but then this really nice arena. Apparently, Planet Hollywood's like a step up in terms of like. The, how nice the place is, how nice the restaurants are, shit like that. I don't know. But so that was the thing. That was supposed to be December 16th to the 20th in Vegas. So right before Christmas, you know, right in the midst of the holiday season. But also to me, it's like, it feels like that's right in the middle of like flu season or all that kind of shit. And it's like, I don't know. I don't know, but that's the word. So, so that would be like a, a three month, three-month delay and they're trying to get it in before the end of the year because like if you think of it from the perspective of 
um, having a champion, technically there wouldn't be a 2020 Mr. Olympia. You know what I'm right. saying? Right, and you, you, you got to think it's the last possible date. Yeah, what did you say it was? The 16th to 20th? 20th? Yeah. Right, because the next Friday right. is Christmas. Right, yeah. so it can't be that. And right. then the next Friday after that is New, right. New Year's the 1st. Right. And then and with Vegas and with travel, with everything sure. like – so that they literally pushed it to the latest possible day of, of the year. Of course. Which to me says – Right. They're thinking like, all right, if we can have it at all, it's going to be at the last possible right. second. Right. And we'll know by October – They'll know by October what December looks like. And, of course, know? and the, the thing about it really to me, right, is the fact that, like, it's an opportunity, right, to crown a champion and keep this lineage alive of every year having a new Mr. Olympia or, or a reigning Mr. Olympia winning again or whatever, having the competition. So it's like you're saying, they're waiting to the last minute to try to pull that off. But there's a, there's a huge difference, you know, there's a vast chasm between having the competition and then truly having the Olympia weekend. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. in theory, right? Like you can probably pull off a bodybuilding competition. If you take enough precautions, you can do it in a way in terms of like most traditional athletic competitions, you could do that in a way that you could probably pull it off safely, safely. Mm-hmm. Right. There'd be no audience. There'd be the the minimal staff you possibly can have. You'd have you know one guy or lady on stage at a time, and like you try to keep the distances and you would do all yep. of those things. But technically, it's like very much an individual sport, and you can probably like partition people off in a way, right? Yep. So the competition themselves they can do, but in terms of like all of the money making stuff around it, like I don't know. Like I don't know if that can happen. Yeah, or, I don't know how you guys feel like. Sco in particular, how do you feel about, you know, in the next four months going to a trade show and selling stuff? I don't, I don't personally think that trade shows can happen. Yeah. While this is, if things remain the way they are now, you think of what happens at a trade show with currency and goods and crowds and lines for the bathroom and even public if you bathrooms. like right, public bathrooms and water fountains and everyone has to stay in the hotel, like, yeah, it's yeah. going to be tough to do those things for a while. Now, I don't know. Did we talk about it last week? Live Nation's first concert, what they're doing? No, no but you, what you, you did say that you heard the CEO of Live Nation on, on like right. a, business, a business program. And he was saying that he didn't think that there were going to be any live concerts in the United States until, did you say 2022? Well, it's. I think it. I think that's what he said. Twenty one or twenty two originally. Right. Um, they're right. having right. a concert. The first concert is going to be in Arkansas. Okay. And the way, it's a twenty five hundred seat arena that they're going to let two hundred and fifty people into, wow. and you're going to be able to buy tickets in what they're calling pods. So, mm-hmm. like, if you wanted to go in a group of six. You'd have a little section where there's six people and they'll guarantee there's no one within like 15 seats of you. Um, temperature checks at the door. You won't get into the building if you have a fever. Um, disinfectant, a disinfecting mist sprayed into the air. Only prepackaged food. <laughs> like, 
like like there's probably like five or six other things I'm forgetting, sure, like precautions sure, sure. that they're taking. But like they're sure. trying to find a way, you know, at even a ten percent capacity to do it, you know, right. in states that are good, that are like the first to open up and try things right. and are, have a more of a loose perspective on you gotta it. you got to find a middle ground with that because the whole reason you go to a concert is you want to be around people, you want to be conversing, you want to be, de- you know, whatever you're doing, enjoying the music yeah. together. Sharing drugs. Passing, yeah, sharing the drugs. <laughs> but also, when you go to a concert and it's too crowded, it's fucking annoying. So right. can they find a mid-ground there, you know? Look, the question is, like, what businesses – like, what are their margins, right? Like, how much breathing room do they have? At what, at what attendance do they start to lose money? Right. You know? Right. Like, you could, you could throw a trade show or you could throw a concert, but if the artist and the security and the insurance and the park, you know, whatever all the costs are, if you're losing money or you're not making enough to – like, people aren't going to do it if they profit $100, right? Like, that won't sustain Live Nation or – Oh, well, like, you know. So what you see happening in that scenario, right, is that you would think that all of those seats would be ultra premium, high price tag, so that so that people with the means to have a pod, to have their own little box and watch a concert, would dole out that money that would allow them to to keep some kind of make some kind of money, have some kind of margins. And it prices out as this fucking, as this, uh, this, the great leveling is occurring with this fucking pandemic. It's yeah. going to, it's going to price out all the regular folks, all the, the working right. class people. And it'll only be moving forward. Maybe it'll only be wealthy folks who can go to like public events. You know what I mean? To go to a basketball game. If it's the same thing for an NBA game, you know, whatever, like, let's say yeah, in, no, in, fe- in February of twenty. 2021 if it's the same thing for an nba game and you know each seat is 500 dollars, right like at that point like you know real real people aren't gonna be able to go to those games and it's just gonna be like corporations who 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 will like you know like they do with a skybox like every fucking seat in the house is now like a skybox situation well yeah and it's not just that man you think of here's the thing though like even with people paying those expensive tickets you think of like the pizza place around the corner from a venue Right. Or the parking, sure. the guy that the valet guy at the sure. parking lot, sure. next, you know, yep. or there's so many jobs that are attached to events. Like you think of like of course. Uh, there. So there, there's an 80 game or it's like a 78 to 82 major league baseball season, a game season that right. the owners had proposed starting like the 4th of July. And it's, they've like sent it over today to the players union to see what to play with no fans right okay in the home stadiums against regional opponents for the season so like Mets Yankees Phillies Red Sox you know Nats yeah. whatever they're all one division right then Dodgers Mariners Padres all yeah. the west coast teams and then central america right right and um or this you know midwest and all that and trying to put together a season but you think like you know, think of going to like a Yankee game or a Mets game or a Phillies game. All the money that people spend getting to it, sure. going to it, the bars across from the stadiums, Tony the Luke's. Ubers to get there, the cheesesteaks late night, right? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, all that stuff. 
all yeah. of that business goes yeah. away when all yeah. the fans aren't there. The, you yeah. know, um, all the people that work in the stadium, like, so it, there's going to be like a ripple effect. It's really tough to predict what businesses can stand up and what works still in any kind of way for those things. It's really tough to know, you know, like you don't know. I saw, so I drive by strip malls in New Jersey right now and I see like parking lots packed at one and not at another. It has to do with what businesses are allowed to open, but like, right. you know, like a restaurant that has an outdoor seating area is going to have an advantage over sure. one that's totally closed in, you know, like sure. if you know, you could sit outside, you might go out to eat the first night that New Jersey opens, you know, like right. It's, right. if you know you're going to have space and air, but if you're packed into a tiny little, you know, table by the back of the restaurant, you're right. going to walk out, you know, like you're not going to sit there. So, um, or a lot of people at least will, you know, like I, I just saw a thing uh, in the States that have reopened. They're using like, you know, all the dinner reservation apps, like open table and stuff yeah, like that. Right? Sure. So they can look at what it was like last year and look at what it's like now and say like, all right, like at what level are we at? Like, are we near normal? And in Georgia, Texas, and Tennessee, they're still over 80% below a year ago, uh, even though they uh, opened like 10 days ago. They're uh, at like 84% down year over year, right? So it's going to be, people need to see that this works, right? Like it's not just about going out the first night. You need to see 20 days later as there are spiking cases. If not, then maybe you go out. I think a lot of people are going to take that approach, you know? You, uh, you did a straw poll on Facebook. You did a straw poll on Facebook. Talk about that. Yeah, I asked, I just said, all right, your gym's open today. Are you going? You know, we know, I mean, it's like a real sensitive, serious subject, right? Because we know the gym owners. Like, we yep. can name these guys who are, like, I don't know what it is in the wor about the world where it turns out that, like, gym owners are all awesome guys. Yeah. <laughs> and men and women, of course, yeah. you know. Um but like all of them, all the ones that we know are like some of my favorite people. I'm sure, sure you guys would say the same, like the favorite people we've met doing this and being yeah. in this industry. Yeah. So um, that's why I'm always curious. And we know so many people go to gyms. So I'm, I'm curious to see like, all right, gym opens tomorrow. Will you go back? Because I want these gyms to survive and I want them to thrive. Man. And like, you know, more than anything, small business owners. Like we don't know. We don't know the people that are like, you know, we don't care about lifetime. We care about lifetime right, fitness, right. but I'm saying like, these are the mom and pop. Right, of course. You know, this is yeah. their bread and butter, like, keeps a family afloat well, type of business. And, and what, I think one of the reasons that we, we, we love those guys so much and respect those guys so much is because, I mean, don't get me wrong, there's some really smart and shrewd businessmen in the mix there. But also at the same time, like, they're not in it just to make money. They're in it because they love what they do. Right. They have such a passion for it. These, yep. gym, these gyms are an extension of who they are as people. And it's like, so, so they're like, they, they built cultures there. They built a family there at these places. So it's like, you know, that's one of the reasons we like these guys so much. And that's one of the reasons that, you know, um, we need those places to survive because they're everything that I love about lifting and the culture in general is, is, is alive in those places. Right. If that stuff went away then like it, it rips the soul out of, out of the, the of course, man. It's like group therapy, man. It's like you yeah. go there, you're training, 
and you're kind of just letting out all that emotion and for yeah. some people it's healing and if you don't have that it's like you know it's as stupid as it sounds it is kind of like a church like no of course oh, not going yeah, absolutely so. of yeah course. of course and and that's it is and like think, going to church and that's even more profound i think in the places like fitness city and pi fitness and all those places you know Attilus and wolf and the places where like the guy the people who own the place and run the place are part of the atmosphere the ambiance you know and you take those guys out of the place and you, you just like end up in a corporate cookie cutter gym like sure you can get your workout done which is the which is the you know not the most important but it's one of the most important factors like can i go and yeah. exercise yes you can right but so many of the emotional connections and whatnot are, are gone there you know yeah the, the, the difference think... between difference between an amazing pizza plate the difference between a hole in the wall pizza place in scranton and Papa John's. Right? Yeah. It's like, yes, well, both of also, those, both of those have calories and they will sustain me as a, in my life functions. But one is this amazing thing that has all of this culture and love built into it. And the other thing is just a product. And I think like we see ourselves in similar positions, like sure. where we're trying to thread that needle between the really cheap experience that is almost like dishonest, you know, like right. the, the pre-workout that's a dollar tub because there's nothing in it. Right. Like we're in between that and then the, like the mass produced corporate, um, they don't even know who you are, really care about right. your goals. And they're sure. just like an equation with ads and they get a 20% to click. And it's yep. like, that's the thing. Yep. And like, whereas we know everybody's name and we're trying to like, sure. we're thinking about what products they need, what gear they like, like that kind of thing. Yep. So like we see ourselves, very in those so. gyms right yeah. like we're kind of trying to be the real deal amongst these two different yeah. polar opposites that yep. are kind of have their own negatives that like don't have the humanity to them right you know? of course and so yeah so i asked the people all right it's tomorrow your gym opens are you there right and it, it's pretty evenly divided i would say like it's a it's a you get a pretty Good mix. Like everybody obviously is dying to go to the gym. Right. And wants to go to the gym. Right. Right. Some people saying like, I need to go to the gym. Like, and right. well, of course you can understand that. Like, I'm sure we all feel the same way. Like home gym or not, you know, like who doesn't miss that feeling? Wouldn't like, you know, I'd be thrilled to do that, of course. you know? Um, but it was a quite a range, you know, like people who range from, I'd love to do it, but I'm not going to do it yet to I don't care what the threat is like I need it you know for my right. soul I need right. to get to the gym and do a workout like mentally it's as important to my health right now as the health risk right it's a health essential for me to get to do it, you, know you know what the you know what the problem I run into is I want dirt's input on this too but the problem that I run into with the whole thing is that like I, I admit that I'm blessed that I can work out at home and, and that just suits who I am so like I, it's an amazing thing um but in the scenario that I'm, that I that I can't do that, that I don't have a home gym set up, and uh, I know I would be dying to get to a gym gym in this situation, right? You know, all the half hour of power workouts that I would have conceived and every crazy thing I would have fucking done for the past two months, I would be absolutely dying to get to the gym. And some of that live fast, die huge stuff would, would click in my mind. And I'd be all in in that way, and I would take the proper precautions to the best of my ability. But my problem is 
that I have four people I live with in this house. So that need for my own therapeutic training and, and whatnot yeah. and all of the, and, and my, every other goal that's related to it, whether it be my emotional health and wanting to train or, you know, whatever, wanting to get bigger and stronger and not having access to the equipment I want and stuff, it would all be balanced and predicated and sort of negated by the fact that I'm putting the health of the girls in Tara potentially at risk to go train. And then right. that would feel a little bit selfish to me. And I would have a really tough time rectifying it, rationalizing it, justifying it. And it's like, I don't know. I don't know what I would do in that situation. I would be really torn and I probably wouldn't do it. Because to me, like, it's all about calculated risks at this point, right? So I will leave the house to go to the store and I'll take all the precautions I have to because coming home with food is important in terms of everybody's well-being and whatnot, mm -hmm. I'll take every precaution I possibly can and try to bring food home when I go to the supermarket. But like, uh, I don't know, the barbershops are open, so I need a haircut. And like that to me is not, that doesn't benefit anyone else here. So it's not a calculated risk. And right. like, you know what I mean? It's more of a personal want. It's a personal desire but it's not something that's I'm doing to the benefit of the other people I live with the benefit of my family. It's, it's a personal thing. Right. And that's where I struggle. I struggle with that part of it. I struggle with that part of it. You know, it's wild, man. I mean, like, you know, the hair salon, the first day that they're open, of course are going to be now, look, they might have people waiting in their car to get a text message and come in and one at a time or whatever. But right. like, Usually there's still four or five employees in a hair salon. And that right. means of course. if there's five customers and five employees, that's 10 people in there at once. It's going to be tough, man. People are going to like, you're going to see a wide range. You're going to see somebody who's like, I don't give a shit, man. This is a hoax. And they're going to go right, out sure. there and they're going to be at the you know beach bar and yeah, like, yeah. doing sure. great. Then you're going to have people who are like, I'm not going outside for the next year. Right. Like, right. And everything in between. And it's just, it's really tough for me. It's really tough to guesstimate what's going to happen and how it's going to look and what, right. like, the, where the risks are because every state is so different. Right. Every culture within the states are so different. Like right. North Jersey versus South Jersey, it's a totally different lifestyle in so right. many ways. Like sure. from mass transit to where people work, going into the city or not, you know what I mean? Like you could be in South Jersey. I feel like you could see the same circle of people more. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. whereas it, it's more blended together because of New York city up here. You know what I mean? Like somebody could go be in a room with a hundred strangers for six hours. Right, like sure. it just happens, you know? Derek, what um, do you think? About what? About the gyms opening back up. And like, at what point would you be comfortable going to the gym? It's tough, man. I feel like the only way they can do it properly is you got to have a certain capacity of people in there. But I mean, I feel for the people like, you know, SCO who don't have the necessities that they need at the, you know, at their place. Cause when you go to the gym, think about it this way. Like, uh, like my brother Casey's been texting me and he's like, dude, I want to train with you because I'm going for a PR and you need a, you know, a spotter, you sure. need you know, someone to help you out. Of course. And just that whole aspect of seeing the people that you're familiar with at the right. gym, kind of mingling, talking, training hard, having your training partner. Sure. It's, it's, it's something that a lot of people miss. Like 
a lot of, of people I see at gyms because I even though I have the the home basement gym, I still go to you know I was going to retro. Now I go to this twenty four hour, and you see those people and you kind of miss them. But I think as far as them reopening in a safe way, the only way they can do it is if they have a certain amount of people in there. And then even with that, I don't. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't know. I was thinking like it would have to be like, and this this like sounds crazy, but just bear with me. Two o'clock, you got a two you got a two o'clock appointment, and there's five people that can be in the gym at two o'clock, and you have for forty five minutes, and it's and it's on a fucking buzzer. Exactly. The buzzer buzzer buzzes at two forty five, and then the cleaning crew begins as you leave from two forty five to three, and then there's a three o'clock appointment, and there's five new people at three o'clock, and they're paying the and everybody who's coming in is paying. 20 bucks a shot or whatever. And that's how the gym functions. Like, I feel like it's something like that. Instead of the monthly membership kind of deal. But so yeah. now you're talking like a hundred dollars to work out five times. A I week, know, you know, like, know. well, then you're not going to be able to work out five times a week. Right. Right. But then it finally allows Sko to wear his uh, high altitude uh, training mask and his weighted vest that he can go. To the gym. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> you know me so well. It's true. But you know, before this but, cast but, is over, you got to kill that fly that's in that room because I keep seeing it buzzing around. Yeah, I know. I saw him too. I can't kill. I can't kill him though. I have to catch him and let him outside. I can't kill him. You got to be pro life right now. Like I try not to kill him. Like, catch him with the chops. Keep the, yeah. Keep the world healthy. Um. Yes, but you see what I'm saying? Like, I get. I totally understand what Casey's saying. I'm that. I'm that meathead too. But like. To me, it's like, like, are you like, but, but I, I always come, I try to come to every one of these fucking conversations with empathy because I sit here and think like, we're blessed that the nature of our business, we're able to do online. Mm-hmm. Most of it, like a, a lot of the out in the world interactions, that's part of who we are. We haven't been able to do. And that's, that's been a hit. Yeah. But in terms, but in terms of being able to function and, and drive the brand, remotely and do so online like that's a, a lucky advantage that we have that other people that a, a lot of other people don't have and i you know if i if i wasn't in that position right now like i'd be trying to figure out what the fuck i'm gonna do to make sure my family eats so it's right. like you know what i'm saying so like i i would my heart is with those with, with every person in that situation right now because it's not like and in that in those situations then it starts to be about cal- calculated risks as they relate risk reward fucking assessments where you're thinking, okay, uh, well, I don't have grocery money. So how am I going to go out into the world and safely earn grocery money so that my family eats? But when I go out into the world to safely earn grocery money, I come and I come back, I put them at risk. Like that's the, that's the place some people have to, that's the mode people are thinking in. So when I think about that, dude, like I'm given pause. Like I, 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 I see some people online who talk in these reckless ways about the thing being a hoax and all this fucking nonsense. Yeah. But then I, but then I also, but, but then when I see people who I know are just coming from a place of practicality, like how do the lights stay on and my family eats next week? I get, we need to open things up because I'm starving. It's a fucking compelling argument. Yes, it is. It's a compelling argument. And like we need to like I posted something like I think it was last week where I said like it's a false choice that a lot of people are being presented with, which is like we need to open everything up or close everything down. Right. It's like, no, we gotta think through these things and try to find a way, right, to like make things function 
you can't just say we need to keep everything closed down and ignore right. and force people to starve to death. Right. And you also can't say we got to open things up and force people to risk their health or get fired and starve to death. Like right. there needs to be an understanding of all the different situations that a lot of different people find themselves in a lot of different situations right now. You know, yeah, like it was, there's like a lack of understanding or empathy. You were writing about empathy recently, like across the board. Yeah. The whole national discussion and local and everything, it's completely like, you know, completely devoid of empathy. You know, yeah. if you want one thing to be open, you need to think about everyone who's involved in opening that and the risk yeah. that they're taking, how to make it safer for them. Yeah. I'm going to cough, so someone's going to have to talk yeah. there, but yeah Shit. i mean that's the thing right and like so like so my whole thing would be like um as long as i can my situation will be that i will go out when i need to to benefit the people that are in the home with me yep. and i will do what our business needs us to do and beyond that, and I will do that as safely and smartly as I possibly can. And beyond that, I like in terms of fucking, not that I, you know, not that I was, uh, you know, out doing a bunch of recreational shit to begin with, but in terms of like stuff that just for the fuck of it or just for pleasure, like to me, it, to some extent, like that, that stuff is on hold. That yeah, stuff right. is on hold. Like concerts and ball games and stuff like that is on, it's on hold. You know, like, and, and you can't, you can't responsibly do that stuff. If you can't responsibly do that stuff, if you're, um, if your world is bigger than just you. Yeah. You know, what really sure. hurt is us going to the Arnold and not being able to set up or see everybody and just that whole environment and crazy atmosphere as much as it takes a fucking toll on you. I missed oh, that. Man, lot, me you know? too, man. That was that I do that that weekend. That's like the Super Bowl for us. I know. That's like the, it is. Right. You know, we were fucking. We we amp up for that thing, ramp up for it for months, and plan for it for months, and then like you know, uh, in terms of like seeing things come together and execute and executing things and seeing people that we haven't seen in a year and making new friends and making you know meeting people for the first time in person, all the fucking amazing stuff that helps us and our brand be what it is we didn't get to do any of that with the Arnold. I mean, we did our best. We drove out there and we, we tried to make something out of it. You know, we had a good event at Power Shack and all that. Like, we did our best, but in terms of, like, we did our best to extract something out of it. But in terms yeah. of, like, what when our brand's at its best, you know, we didn't get to do that. I missed that. And that's no, why I was sitting there thinking, like, I'm like, okay, well, if there's an Olympia, is there an Olympia Expo? And then, like, but I'm like, all right, but even if there is, how can we do it? Can we do it safely? And again, so again, I come back and I'm thinking, I'm thinking exactly like I'm saying about going out, leaving the house, right? So like, man, it would be great for the fucking brand if there was an expo. But if I can't be sure that that expo is going to be safe enough for me to be able to safely come home to, to the girls, then how the fuck do I justify it? How yeah, do I justify and, it? dude, and not for nothing, even the expo side. I don't know if you guys have seen pictures of like what a flight looks like right now. Right. But the planes are packed. You gotta fly. That's the every other thing, plane, right? the every seat right. on you the plane fly. right now. Like they're they're showing like people are flying to Georgia because Georgia's open, and the planes are six people across wow. each lane, packed with their masks, sitting there like this. And I'm thinking like, well, how, like, man, like. 
I don't know. Yeah, see, I I'm haven't no seen. I, see, I haven't know? seen. I haven't seen that, and that's another thing. Like, I, I, I wondered, like, what is a flight? What does a flight look like right now? And 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 is it even possible to fly safely? Right. So that's, know, that's the other. That's the other layer to it. So that's the other layer to it, right? So like, you know, as much as we'd love to do a trade show, have a booth, step up, and like, you know, and it's going. You guys know me, right? I sit here and I think, well, fuck. If there was an expo, and the whole industry is on pause. And we'll drive to Vegas. Yeah, and no, we fucking, right. you know, no, you know, I start thinking, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. we'll fucking, you know, grab that shit by the balls. Like, that's what right. I'm thinking. But how do you do that and mitigate the risk of it all? I mean, and, and, and that's the problem. And I don't know if it's possible. And that's where, right. I, that's where I, yeah. and you know, there's also like, all right, let's say we were like, fuck it. We didn't care about safety on our end. Like, we're like, whatever, man, we got to make yep. this money. We got to do our shit. Like, yep. fuck it. We're one of those people who just doesn't care about that yep. shit. Okay. Yep. Because there's people that doesn't even like register in their mind. Right. They're just going through the day. Yeah. Going on sleeping in a twin bed together. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's supposed to be between us. That's, I don't know. That's, it's a given. <laughs> it's, a, it's a trade show, right? Don't everyone sleep in Put a your bed bags on that cot over there. Come in. <laughs> when you're, when you're, when you're anything foot, for the brand. When you're foot, when you're foot to head, your genitals are still lined up. That's the only. That's the only <laughs> problem. Live by the code, that. dude. <laughs> But like, even if we didn't give a shit, right? Because there's people like it doesn't even cross their mind. They're just on autopilot. They're out at the store, no mask or whatever. They're grabbing doorknobs, licking their fingers, and going to the bar. <laughs> there's a, there are people, the, the finger lickers, you know, they're yeah. out there. Yeah. Um, even if they go and we were like that, we went. Like, is it? Can we even justify like if there's seventy five? If only twenty five percent of the crowd is. Like, can we even cover? Oh, I know. Of course. You know, like, that's the thing. It's like, there's so many things that need to line up for events, not just for the Arnold or the Olympia or for a baseball game. You know what I mean? Like, there's just so much. We almost have to, like, rethink society on a case-by-case, industry-by-industry, business-by-business basis and try to find a way. And there's going to be some that find a way. Like, dude. I'll give you an example. There's this little, like, Italian eatery kind of deli place near me, right? And it has, like, a little, like, restaurant next to it, okay? Little tiny place, but it has, like, a deli side and a restaurant side. I went in the restaurant side once, like, two, three years ago. Like, no one came out from the kitchen. There was no waiter there, like, nothing there, right? Like, no one was there. And I'm like, this place, I don't even think they've had someone come in here to eat, like, <laughs> ever. Right? Right. Like, so I walked out, right? Like, I'm not sitting here for 15 minutes. I don't even think they ever made a lot of money, okay? But because of what's going on, they put these little cardboard signs or duct tape the telephone poles up and down the block on a busy street, and they say, half, half a tray of pasta, $10, Okay. So they everywhere on like two blocks from me, everywhere you look, it says a little thing, half a tray of pasta, ten dollars, right? <coughs> Bless, Bless you. you. Dude, they had a line yesterday every six feet for like three blocks. Wow. I never saw two people go in there right, before. Right, right. Right. And Good now practice. and just because now people are at home, they're sick of cooking, it's Mother's Day. Half a tray of pasta, ten bucks, boom, no problem, right? right. Now, I bet they're making more money now than they made before. Now, there's another place that probably, you know, was near a warehouse, and they counted on all the guys coming there to get their lunch every day, lunch break, and those guys aren't there anymore, right? 
So that place is going under. There's going to be like weird people who win and weird people who close. And it's like impossible to predict, you know? Well, and that's, and that's why it's like, you know, my, uh, my gut impulse is to be bold, but then my more intuitive intellectual side is like, you got to play this thing smart. Right. So it's like, you know, like, and like there, like I said, I think there's, there's opportunity now in, in, in boldness, but there's also such risk in boldness right now. And it's like, that's the thing, like where we could make all the efforts in the world to somehow land in Vegas and like all of that stuff would be noble and on brand. But if it's putting people's lives at risk or whatever, it's like, then, then it's, it's, you know, not worth it. I, I mean, look, they could do the competition online, you know, like they could still, they could continue the tradition. They could crown right. a winner. Right. They could do it online or right. like you said, with 10 people, right. 20 people Don't in people a huge amphitheater. What do you say? Don't people usually watch like the Olympia stream online and stuff like that? Like it's an example, right? Like if you put that online and broadcast it, and you had a guy in a stage, you know, go to their like local high school, put the light on them, right? And have a guy with a camera broadcasting right. it and cut right. from each feed, right? And charge twenty pops a head to watch it online. And now you're not paying for the rental space of the event, and all like that's just an example of something, man. Maybe you totally rethink how you're doing something. And the bottom line ends up better for you at the end of the day. You know, like the O could try something like that. Well, that's, I mean, you know, isn't that what the the, uh, Thor did with the deadlift last weekend or whatever, right? Right. That was on ESPN. Yeah. And, and, you know, and and even the announcers were remote. Um, Right. You know, and that's the thing, like, uh, I saw there was some fallout there between, um, Thor and Eddie Hall and Eddie Hall was saying that it was suspect or whatever. And my immediate input and now I guess they're they're fighting. Did you know that hear that? Oh, I didn't realize it's, that. I saw that. I think the he- scheduled the, like a boxing match. The heavy the heaviest boxing match in history. <laughs> and and my thing was like, well, why not take exactly what Thor did? And Eddie Hall does the same thing and deadlifts at the same time. And they both agree to whatever the fucking, you know, like this guy right. says, well, it's got to have this. And it's like, all right, well, it's got to have that. Then it's got to have this. So they both agree with the, the, the layout. They both sign off on whatever the, the parameters and the rules are. And then you do that. And the, it's a fucking deadlift competition, you know, between the two of them. Right. Head to head happening simultaneously, but in two locations. Like to me, to me, Thor um, deadlifting the world record, like that was cool. And it was on ESPN because there's nothing else to put on ESPN right now. So, of course, they're like, oh, fuck. And then and you think about, all right, well, that's good for lifting culture that something like that's on TV right now. Well, the immediate impulse was like, all right, well, why not take that and now beef it up? And now you got a head-to-head competition. Two fucking guys don't like each other, all that. Like, it's yeah. amazing. But it's, now it's going to be a boxing match, like, next right. year. It's fucking stupid. Like, it was, it's a wasted opportunity, in my opinion. Um, you're not wrong that – Money. Right, right. But I mean, I think there'd be money in 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 this thing. I don't know. You see what they're doing on? There was on ESPN. I much I much I, rather. I'm sorry, go ahead, Dirk. I said I got to show you guys. You saw on ESPN how they're doing like Korean baseball. Yeah. Did you see the crowd? 
No. Oh yeah, I can't. Oh, yeah. I was gonna do a screen share with you guys just so okay. you can see it, but Sco needs to uh, enable it. But they have like cardboard cutouts of people. No way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole stadium is filled with cardboard cutouts of like the upper half of a human torso, like seated <laughs> at a desk almost. Why? Because on the television broadcast, it looks like there's people in the stadium, and it's like just a weird psychological effect of watching wow. the game. It's like less. It well, feels less, you know. Have you guys boring. seen? Have you guys seen anybody on um, any like uh, like of the talk shows, like the late night talk shows, or any stand ups, or anybody who's working right now without a crowd? Have you guys seen anybody like that? Look at They're this. They're do- there there cutouts. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> that is fucking crazy. That's not. Well, it could totally happen here, man. It wouldn't surprise me. No, Greg, to answer your question. I know they're doing it every right. night, like Fallon and yeah, even yeah, SNL yeah. Sure, sure. from home or whatever yeah, yeah. they've been doing, but I haven't watched it. Well, the interesting thing, and I swear we talked about this, if maybe just in person before, right. if not on the squad cast, but uh, I, like I've seen um, Conan and right. I've seen Bill Maher right. and I've seen these guys do it. And without the audience, it sounds like they're bombing when they're telling their jokes oh, yeah, and there's yeah, no response. you're so used to it, right. The weird psychological thing where, like, you could say the funniest fucking thing in the world, but in the setting of, uh, like, a late-night talk show where somebody's right. talking and there's usually an audience and the, the, the you know, the, the host always opens up with, like, their stand-up. When they're doing their stand-up yeah. and there's no response to it, it sounds like yeah. they're bombing. And it's a, cra- it's a crazy thing. And it's, it's entirely psychological. So the... Wow. the fake audience for the baseball game is kind of the same thing, I guess. You, you know? know what's funny is um, I was watching, they had a UFC pay-per-view on. Right, right, right. That's like, the first sporting that, event. Yeah, so yeah. The okay. one guy, when he was coming out, there was obviously no fans, but he was yeah. still like doing this and going like that. Yeah, just, you know, yeah, yeah. As yeah. we can, throwing well, a hat in the crowd. And then even during the post-fight interviews, there's right, like, right. gentlemen, congratulations to, you know, so-and-so. Well, that's like, like uh, AEW has been doing that for like a month now. Right. AEW has been having their matches in an empty place. Um, and the guys are wrestling, but there's nobody in the crowd. And right. the only people who are surrounding the ring are other wrestlers, but they're all socially distanced. Yeah. And then, like, they come to the announcers, and it's Tony Schiavone and Jericho, and they're, like, six feet away from each other. Right. <laughs> and, like, but they're doing it. Like, and there's no fake crowd or anything. And it's like, you know, but, but I would, but I, the thing I, and I think we did, we did, me and Sko talked about this, I think at one point is just the idea, but nonetheless, it's like intimate fighting. Like UFC is fighting. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like, and like wrestling, you know, you're lifting a dude up over your head. You're fucking, you know, laying on top of him. Like there's, it's such tight contact. And that's the thing. Like, Sko, when you're saying about temperature checks, at the door like i can't even imagine what the fuck that looks like like let's be honest who's, yeah, admi- who's administering these temperature checks oh no it's gonna have to happen i know the entire I, country I is doing it already so we're no no i it, i know no i know it's a yeah. thing but i just can't imagine it like in practice like who's yeah, like, hey you're out dude how Sorry. are how are they administering it like what's what's the device they're using so i'll give you an example how, is it like right? one of those forehead thermometers and then do they have to like take it off and then put on a new fucking thing for each person. Yeah, it's going to be like a rapid fire. Like the same way you're waiting at Aldi for somebody to walk out 
and you're sitting there and they wipe off the cart with disinfectant before right. you get it and you go in and it's yeah. maybe one or two jobs, right? A security guy and a, a girl who's cleaning it off, right? That's what right. I saw at the Aldi in the yep. front of it. Yep. And outside there were people every six feet right. in a line waiting to go in. Right. Um, that's how it's going to be for a lot of events, for office buildings, for, you know, like you name it. If you're going into, uh, you know, like my wife's job is going into Manhattan office buildings. That's her job. Yeah, you no, know, of like course. Going into like 20 office buildings in a week in Manhattan. We're sitting here we're like, I mean, I, ho I want this to, things to open up, but I don't want that to open up. Like we're apprehensive about what to do when that happens, you know? Well, I mean, I, um, sit, here, I sit here and I think of Dirt Malone, right? And like, for example, why should Dirt Malone, other than uh, my need to, to hug him, why should Dirt Malone ever have to go to a physical office? Just for example. Right. You know, like, I mean, really the three of us, in all honesty, considering what our skill sets are and whatnot, and yeah. like what we actually do, like, right. we can do what we actually do really, really well without ever having to go through From all of... Right without having to go through all of the stuff that it takes to get somewhere to do a traditional work day. Right. And I think to myself, like, there's got to be so much of the world who's starting to look at what their jobs require and why they actually oh, yeah. need to be somewhere in person. Oh, there's yeah. people who absolutely have to be there in person. But, right. like, a lot of people don't. And I've, I, I heard somebody discussing about then how that relates to commercial real estate. Right. When you work for fucking State Farm and they realize that at State Farm, they don't need to have an office full of people all the time, all there together. Yeah. That this guy who does uh, assessments and this guy who makes quotes and this guy who takes fucking the, the uh, you know, reports of an accident and all that stuff and they're processing these things, they can do that stuff without having to drive to a place. And all the resources involved in driving to and from a place and then going to that place and spending that time there all congested and jammed into a place with a bunch of other fucking people. Like you don't really have to do yeah, that. This is definitely an eye opener. Just us being on this zoom meeting, like yeah. from here on out, I don't know what's going to go on with like the real estate building with all these like suites and these commercial properties. Right. For the most part, this is an eye opener where, you know, these corporations are going to be like, shit, we could just do this all the time. But at the same time, it is weird to just wake up in your house, go to the computer. I guess some people clock in and just say, hey, and then I guess of you course. can do whatever you want. And of then back. So well, another thing, too, is like all, almost every study to try to like gauge whether somebody is being productive working yeah. from home versus in the office, people get more stuff done from home. Every single study, it's like 33% more work I believe it. I believe at it. home. Because they do it on their own time. They, they're not worried about somebody like standing over their shoulder. They're not right. looking at the clock, waiting to get in the car and get the hell out of there. Like they're just at home they don't working have the when like they feel like they're focused. They know? don't have the khakis on that are tight in like the crotch. Yeah. And then like the <laughs> seam between the thigh right. and the crotch and you're fucking, oh, yeah, you know, and that. it's like you're sitting there in the fucking khakis. Like I would sit there at the desk in the fucking khakis and I would just be angry. <laughs> it's not, you know what I mean? No, yeah, like yeah. the khakis make you angry. I mean, like you're you're happy to have you're happy to have khakis and that the khakis are related to a, an income, 
But then yeah. at the same time, you feel the tightness in the fucking in the ball sack. Oh, I'm, I'm proud you know to I mean? not own. I'm proud to not own a pair of khaki pants. <laughs> yeah, right. You got a pair, dude. You know? I don't. I don't have a pair of khaki. And then you got the polo, and if you got to wear the polo with the khakis, and it's just yep. like you're I sitting there, both. and you're just like tucked in. <laughs> yes, yes. You feel like your soul is tucked in. Dude, you know what's yeah, hilarious? My one buddy. He works at this, uh, you know, like the typical corporation and he's sure. doing like these Zoom meetings with people. Yeah. And he's like, it's fucking hilarious because you, you log in and you can kind of see like everyone's, you know, setting of their house. Sure. And you're talking to these people. and He's like, dude, this one guy, Josh, he's bald and has no hair. And then he's on these Zoom meetings, like full head of hair, big beard. It's like, it's fucking <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, that's funny. That's funny. Guys, what do you think? So a couple of things. What do you think about this? Woo! All right. Well, that is absolute fucking fire, Dermalov. That brings me incredible, immense joy. What is that, Greg? That is the G-Code 1990 snapback. Nice. It's inspired by uh, the starter hats of the 90s. And in a, in, a, in a bygone era for Go Hard, we did a whole series of, of hats of that style with a similar design. And... Uh, yeah, just one of the, to me, like one of the most iconic uh, hat styles in our lifetime. And we had the opportunity to do it for G-Code. So, you know what makes it great, we too, it, and it different this past other Friday. hats? Is, the, is like the 3D puff embroidery. Sure. People don't realize like the yeah. G-Code in this 3D puff, as well as the crown on the back. Yep. Yep. Makes it that much no, money. It is, it is fucking fire. I don't, I don't literally, I, all right. So here's a, here's a, here's a quarantine gripe. A first world, a first world problem quarantine. Grab. Yep. I still don't have one of those hats. No. I cannot Sorry, wait. Some members of G Code Nation have the hat, and we don't. That's true. I cannot wait to have one of those in my possession. I don't have the hat that you have on. Well, How about that, will we any, do a little swapsies. Will anyone ever have this hat? I wonder. Or Tune is this just? Week. Or is this just a? Is this just a, a mock up? It's a. It's a one of one. Mock-up exclusive. Who knows? Who knows? Well, it's going easy. All right. So that's immediately, We at least it's at least one of two now. We know. It's at least one of two. There you go. But yet, maybe it'll turn Speaking into- of 1990, Tyson. Yes. Mike, Iron Mike Tyson. Have you seen Mike? He was, Mike? Offered, a, he was uh, offered a million dollars to fight uh, one of a couple of different of the most famous Australian soccer players. Okay. What? And he said, that would be an insult to boxing. I'm right. only going to fight a real boxer. Right. But Great. that makes it seem like Mike Tyson's going right. to fight someone. Well, the interesting thing was I, I saw that there was a guy who was going to fight him. And I thought that the guy who was going to fight him was like a, a coach at cro- like a CrossFit place in okay. like, um, like, uh, um, Jersey City or something. That's what the guy right. looked like. I thought that the guy who wanted to fight Tyson. I know was, exactly what that looks like. Was a, was a CrossFit instructor um, in Bergen County. Turns out he wasn't, um, but it was actually some Australian soccer player. But I thought to myself, oh, actually, I, I not, to judge anyone, not to judge anyone on their looks, but I thought the, yeah, audac- yeah, no, actually, the audacity yeah. of that guy to think that he's going to fight Mike Tyson. All right, so the audacity of almost anyone. Yes. Of course. To fight Mike Tyson. Yes. I'm slightly wrong. It turns out he's a rugby player. Okay. Well, rugby guys so, are tough. They're tough fuckers. Oh, they're tough. Don't get me wrong. 
tough as it gets. Yes, but I agree. Like, like, as Tyson said, everyone has a plan until you get punched in the mouth or the face. What did he say? And when you get punched, yeah. And when you get punched in the face by Mike Tyson, everybody has a plan when you get punched in the face. But everyone has a plan to get punched in the face by Mike Tyson. And then there's no plan because you're unconscious. Right? <laughs> right. So the plan goes out the window immediately. Yeah. It's erased from the hard drive immediately. Yeah, plan. but think about this. Hey, Sco, how much money do I got to – how many million do I got to pay you to fight Mike Tyson until you get knocked out? Until I get knocked out? Yeah, because obviously, unless you knock I don't think out. I would do it, man, just because I had the bad concussion. And, like, mm-hmm. honestly, I feel like if Mike Tyson, if I fought Mike Tyson, there's a chance I'd be brain dead afterwards. Right, right. Like, if, he, if Mike Tyson hit me ten times as hard as he could, right. in lieu of having already had a concussion, right. like, where I was, like, fucked up for months from right, it, right, right, right. man, I, like, I don't want to get, I don't want to get hit. Right. Going across the middle in an NFL game, let alone, right. you know. I mean, uh, you saw the – Let alone the, Tyson. You saw like, the – you saw like your soul, right? No, dude, like uh, the, my mind is the one thing I'm not, that is not negotiable. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I mean, you saw him rip the body shots in that little, that little clip. It was if like you told me he's not going to hit me in the head, right. then it would be a different thing. But did you see the body shots? Oh, yeah. No, it might kill me. Yeah, the internal different. bleeding. That's it's like different. internal bleeding, though, yeah. You know, that's a different type of risk to me. Like, just one flush shot from him, I might be, for all I know, that's all it would take, and that's different. No, I know. If, if he told me he wasn't going to hit me in the head, all right, I'll fight Mike Tyson for a million dollars, let right. him knock my kidneys a foot to the side, whatever. Right, you know? right. <laughs> I like that. And did it, you know. Speaking of which, did you see Tall Shady? Speaking of, of heavy hitters, did you see Tall Shady break his uh, home uh, his home punching bag? Yes. Uh, see that clip? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't. He's like uh, like Riddick Bowe. That's what Shady's like. He's got all that like tall kind of athletic leverage, and you would look at him and you think, ah, oh, yeah, no, no big deal. No, no. The fucking kid hits like a Mack truck, and I saw Tyson that little- Fury. Uh, yes, there's a little yeah, bit of going on there. Yes, because it's. True. I'm not going to use the word sloppy, but there's like <laughs> there's or or the word noodle, but there's like a there's like a whipping effect. Of sure, the sure, sure, sure. Yeah, of course, <laughs> I mean, very much so. Yes. What are those things in the poles? The poles in the that you use in a swimming pool to like float with? Yeah, I know. yeah. Is that a noodle? Yeah. Uh, I'm taking shots at shady, dude. Yeah, that's all, that's well. That's all. You'll see. At least it's not being we're gonna recorded. fight on pay per view for a yes, million yes. I um, did watch that. All right, so so I, I know we're gonna try to keep this thing tight today. Um, a little pop culture stuff. I don't know if I spoke about it with you guys, but I I have an obsession. I tend to watch things when I go to bed, and I tend to watch things that take my mind lately, take my mind off of heavy stuff. So I can't go to bed watching anything COVID related. We know we know yeah. you watch stuff. I know you do. Yeah. So, so, uh, so of late, I've been watching the Ken Burns baseball documentary. Dude, that's weird that you said that, man. I we last week started watching the Ken Burns National Park. Documentary. Oh, amazing! Okay, awesome. How, how so was that? Like, how was that? Oh, dude, fucking amazing, man! The first two episodes of that thing, when it's like Theodore Roosevelt and John Muir is out like discovering Yellowstone, yeah, yeah. not discovering because obviously. It's stolen land. Right, of People course. live there. Of course. But, you know, the Western world discovering, like, hearing these reports of this Wonderland and stuff. Right. Like, it was when Alice in Wonderland was popular, and they're like, there's a real Wonderland, fucking wow. Yellowstone. Wow. They didn't even believe that it was real. Right. 
until like a famous like photographer like yeah. drew a sketch and put it like in the Boston Globe and the whole world was like holy shit like it was yeah. like discovering new land yeah, you know yeah, of so it's pretty awesome and amazing and like especially now like I've been trying to as much as possible get to state parks and get fresh air and like yep. it's great for me mentally and physically to get out there just to appreciate nature and like the land and what a gift it is that we all have, that we have public lands yep. that like we are the owners and custodians of and can go right. to, right. you know, it's awesome to see how that came about and like how, how close it was to never happening. How lucky we are. You know? No, of course. Yeah. No, I mean, anything Ken Burns touch is amazing. I got to yeah. give Dirt Malone credit because in the, in the, um, sort Basically. of ap- the aftermath of the basketball top 25 list, Hmm. Casey Polson reached out to me with Kendrick Dirt Malone's yes. dad providing his list of the best hitters and pitchers of all time. And I got to give him props because it was, there were lists that I had tremendous respect for when, yeah. when I get the list and the list has Tris speaker in the top 10, I'm like, Kendrick Polson is locked <laughs> the fuck in and he knows the shit. And that made me think about the baseball documentary. Because I watched the baseball documentary when it first came on, yep. which was like 94. So I was 16, right? Watched it with my folks. It was great. But you know how it is, like, you, as you get older, you appreciate things more and more. Like, the difference between going to the Baseball Hall of Fame when you're 10 and 40 is, like, right. like two different, completely different things, right? So, um, so Kendrick's list got me going. So I, I, and then I, I think I watched some of it like later on, like in the 2000s with Tara, but it was my first time coming back to it at all. It's on Amazon Prime. And uh, man, it is some of the most remarkable shit I've ever seen. Just like there's an entire episode on Babe Ruth. There's uh, an entire episode uh, on the bounce back from the Black Sox scandal. Yep. Um, interwoven into it all as the Negro Leagues. And and how like all these the, some of the greatest players of all time never played in the majors, yep. and how um, there were 450 barnstorming games where uh, Negro League teams played against the major league teams, and the right. Negro League teams won 320 of the 450 games. And um, unbelievable. And like so, there there was that, and. Uh, you know, there's there's a whole part on Ty Cobb and how fucking great he was and what a cocksucker he was, and a part on a whole part on Lou Gehrig and when Lou Gehrig, how incredible Lou Gehrig was, and then when Lou Gehrig realized he was sick and how so this one blew my mind, right? How Joe DiMaggio is a rookie watching Gehrig in batting practice, right? And sees Gehrig miss ten straight pitches in batting practice. Whoa. And wow. it was when Gehrig started to realize that he wasn't well. Oh, wow. And it's, like, fucking crazy. Yeah. And, like, and, you know, that's a more, more of a downer. But there's a ton of amazing stuff, too. And it's right. just, like, uh, it's one of the most remarkable things. And it's ten fucking parts. And it's just, like. Well, that's what I was going to say. So, since you watched it the first time, yeah. he went and added on the tenth Yes, inning. I heard that. Yes, I heard so that. So, it's, like, yeah, it's yeah. about, like, um like roids and the wild card, and like all the changes that happened to baseball since he made the documentary, right, 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 like right. the home run chase, yeah, and all yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. No, um, that's, see, yeah. that's the thing. Like, I, I'm so deeply entrenched in like the first heart part of the 20th century yeah. aspect of it. Like, and and like, I, I literally will watch it in the 15 minutes before I pass out at night. 
<laughs> so it's oh, like yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. watching it in 15 minute chunks. Yeah, so it awesome. takes forever to get through, but it's amazing. It's, it's, yeah, it's man, so, it's awesome. So highly recommended. So but I gotta think, I gotta thank Ken Polson. You gotta tell Ken Polson one to watch it if he hasn't, and then two watch it again if he hasn't seen it in a long time, and then three that he was the reason I started watching. It. What's it called again? And it's on Amazon Prime Video. Yeah, it's baseball. It's it's a documentary by Ken Burns, and it's just called Baseball. All right, I'll check it out. So yeah, are, you, like, are you brewing a list for the top 25 hitters or pitchers? Well, you know, there's all kinds of, like, we're thinking about top 25 lists, what the next one would be for GCO Nation, and I don't want to yeah. give away too much. But there's obvious ones. You know, baseball, there's one, There's obvious ones from baseball. There's obvious, a boxing one would be amazing. Uh, the list of MCs is an obvious one. Um, yeah. There's There's some, like, you know, crazy ones that we could do. So it's just whatever makes the most sense, I think, based on the timing. The G Code Nation loves that shit. I know. Oh, yeah. You know, they get, lo- they get locked in when we rank stuff. It's provocative. And then, you know how it is. You can't put everyone on the list, so there's going to be back and forth. It's like, this is bullshit. This right. is pretty, and pretty leave, and How do you leave off this? And it's all, it's all generational, and it all sparks, like, arguments and back and forth, and it's great. And it also allows people to touch up on, history and look back and say hope like, so. oh, this person did this and this you yep. also you hope you sure hope that you sure yeah you, so. if you don't learn something during the course of those debates and you're not paying attention yeah, yeah. some but you know it's like if it goes look up like christy matheson stats or something like you know when you're talking about great baseball players yep it's an opportunity to there's always somebody that you're like oh man i didn't understand i didn't realize that jerry west did this or elja baylor did this you know Yep. It puts things in perspective. But yep. we got a couple minutes left, yep. which means it's time for the food cast. I'm dying for a quesadilla. From Fat Boy Sunday to Fat Boy Sunday. We got 30 tacos on the table. Give it up. Quarter the pound bowl burgers. Of 115 breakfast couple sixers wow. and Eight donuts. Okay. Reese's Pops are better than peanut butter Captain Crunch. So they're taking stem cells and they're making hamburger meat. I'm generally a Ben and Jerry's guy. Peel and eat shrimp. That's my thing. Fried toenails. Some man- pretty manly kind of fucking snack. Philadelphia cheesesteak egg rolls. Eat this whole fucking tray. The dirtiest thing you've eaten. Food cast. Snack again. The food cast. So we'll go. Food cast. You got a minute each. The food cast. Dirt Malone, you're going to start us off. What is the dirtiest thing you've eaten? What is the dirtiest quarantine cuisine you have eaten? So, shit. I mean. The god of the quarantine cuisine. The architect. Here's what's. Yeah, you like that, right? I do like that. Pretty good little series. Pretty fucking good. Yes, the athletes coming together and making it happen, and we need a Tara. I know. I know. That's coming. I know. She's 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 on it. She's like, all right. I know he's expecting something from me. I'm gonna do it. I promise I'm gonna do it. She's got an idea, so she's gonna do it. She texted me something, and then I was like, just make sure you have the macros. And she's like, well, it's not gonna be. I was like, it doesn't matter. We just need this amazing thing. All right, but um, the dirty I mean, thing. She, hold on, let me say though, she she wants she I she might cook up a couple for you because I think she wants to do something that's like healthy but delicious, yeah. and then something that's just filthy and abomination. Yes. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. Me too. Okay. So during this um, quarantine, Erin's been getting um, some care packages from people just checking in on her. Nice. And so one is um, so. our friend Sam. She works at a place called Thomas Sweets where they chocolate cover fucking everything. So oh, yeah. we literally gave her like a bricked box that just has all these chocolates in it, graham crackers, you oh, name it, man. Love it. We just went to town on that, and then we're just baking up a storm and just eating ice cream like it's our job at night, you know? It's awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think I've eaten. Sco? 
Well, I actually ate somewhere not at my house yesterday. Wow. Whoa. I went over to my sister's house and ate outside. Wow. So like that alone felt like risque. Yeah. Eating, you know? Yeah. It's like, I'm just breaking all kinds of laws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Caution to the wind from six feet away. You know. Yeah, of course. A rebel. Yeah. Uh, but I had some uh, some meats and cheeses. Nice. Some cured meats, but, but then also some pies and cakes. Wow. And I uh, I grilled some pineapple. Nice. And then covered it with honey and cinnamon and brown yeah. sugar, like this liquid hot mix that I cooked, like I made hot. Wow. Poured over the grilled pineapple till just like soaked in it. Right. That was a good time, man. Wow. I love pineapple. He's a big Hell pineapple yeah. guy. Grilled peaches are fucking amazing, too. Hell yeah. See, I, I don't, you know me, I, I'm not necessarily going to grill it, but pineapple and peaches, I'm a huge fan of. Oh, dude, you'd, you'd love it, dude. I'm going to grill but, you but some I, pineapple. But I told you, Sco, that pine, I, think, I think Tara made it for you. Pineapple stuffing is one of my favorite things. Oh, awesome dish. Yeah. Hell yeah. And it's, you know, it's like kind of like, it's kind of like, white trash, man. but. That would no, dude. That's that would be a bad. No, I, mean, I say that in a good. I say no. I say that in a good way. Like, yeah. like it's like a, it's like um, southern comfort food kind of thing. Like, yeah, but you know, it's like it's like elevated southern comfort food. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, like, sure, you know, sure. it's like it's like a foodie dish or something that should be in like barbecue joints and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? pineapple stuffing, man. It's no joke. Yeah. She makes that. And it's killer. It's like a like a casserole. I've never um, had that. And and you know, that. like it, it makes me think of. I remember Chase Browning. Uh, shouts to young Lord Chase Brown, and he told me th that his mom would make cake and put soda in the cake. So she would make like a, a cake, a yellow cake, and put Mountain Dew in it. Whoa! And a chocolate cake and put Coca Cola in it. Ooh. And I've never had it, but apparently, right. but he said it. He would rave about it. He said it's fucking amazing, and it makes the cake more moist, and it's like a whole different thing. I don't know. It's weird, but it sounds amazing. It's interesting. Yeah. Jay, dirtiest thing you have inhaled. I, you know, man, I, I feel like I, I, I try to, you know, set the standard for, for dirty eatings. And like yesterday, we, we didn't do anything crazy. We like had some cookies. Um, I, I don't know about you guys, but do you guys like cookie butter? Hell yeah. Yes, and, not cookie butter ice cream, just cookie butter. Period. No, just cookie butter. Yeah. Like, have you ever had cookie butter on breakfast novelties? Mm. Have you ever had cookie butter on a pancake or cookie butter on French toast? Or cookie uh, butter, maybe on French toast. Cookie butter on a, on a waffle. Cookie butter on my tongue. Ooh. Yo, let me tell That's you. Amazing. Let me tell you. You just go get, like, you don't even have to make, like, homemade waffles. You keep it one hundo, and you go get some fucking Eggos, the original Eggo home style. Oh, dude. And you, which are, like, one of the best things in a fucking world. Hell yeah. Right? On sale, two, to, two bucks. These, oh, man, two for foe? Come on, son. <laughs> right? That's, that's a whole cart. So, um, <laughs> so you put uh, the cookie butter spread the cookie butter on the Eggo waffle. It's wow. fucking, it's luxurious. Keep it's going. amazing. Keep going. It's oh. ama <laughs> Keep going. He's close. <laughs> Let me yeah. ask you something. Do Pretty you do like ice cream on a waffle? Sure. Sure. Nice. Yeah. 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 Um, we, we made, we, we made homemade waffles uh, one time with ice cream and it was fucking awesome. Like waffle oh, yeah. iron is a waffle iron is a pretty amazing thing. Like they, it's it's a whole nother level of like uh, breakfast when you're actually cooking up the waffle. You gotta love the continental breakfast when we're on the road. That has oh, the waffle, man, that's right? what I miss. The little waffle maker. Someday, man. Oh man, we're gonna get back there. The kings of the continental breakfast. That's it, man. We crush that shit. That's it, always. All right, guys, that's our cue. We've that. eaten. Look at Sco Nice. We have eaten. Nice seeing your beautiful mugs. 
Yes, man. Awesome seeing yes. yours as well, my friend. Stay, Stay safe, G-Code Nation. Everybody out there, be well. Let's yep. fucking rebound and fight through this. And do what pushing. we got to do and take care of yourselves. All right, guys? All right, bro. You do the same, Peace. man. Peace. Peace.